0: Oh, man, just uh, kicking my feet up like I'm fluttering to, you know, stay above shore and sea level. It's always funny to me how um, sometimes we can be lost out there at sea just holding on to a raft. I'm pretty sure the people that have been abandoned at sea for um, weeks at a time and rescued when they've been forced to drink salt water, which is not good for you when you're trying to survive. I'm pretty sure they're not one of those who um, appreciate those corny lines like, long time, no see. And I'm about to see myself out the door with that salty wound I just caused on myself because I am not proud of that open. But, nevertheless, welcome to episode 45 of the Off and Be Podcast. I am gracefully your host Clint. It is 4.42am on a Tuesday. Finally, a fucking off day. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, as Drake and Future would say, life is good. And as Drake would say, life is really good. Air Canada Center, you want a vaccine passport? By all means, go ahead. They'll uh, take care of you. And he does have a palace, but no malice. But for some reason, I feel like the only time he goes to Detroit is when little Bronny is having AAU travel games. And uh, he's playing with... Drake's a new girlfriend's son on his team. And I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know if it's, um, if you're the child, chances are when you go to school, everyone's gonna be like, ha ha, Drake's fucking your mom. And I'll be like, yeah, Drake's fucking my mom. Something I would probably brag about. Then you know what? Like, I have Drake teach me how to Make great music. And then I'll probably say, you either have it or you don't. And Drake's Ultimate Cheat Code. I was actually talking about this with a friend the other day. Yes, it is always the one friend that I reference on here. And he, uh, we were talking about how, um, what was it we were talking about? We were talking about how, though we were talking about the cross-genre bending, right? Like if you listen to country music most people would say it's not technically country at least the old heads and i think drake is the hip hop what sam hunt is to country and i'm not saying sam hunt my favorite artist by the way is on the level of drake even in his own genre like drake is just at an unmarkable level in music ever Sam Hunt's like near the top of country, but there's other artists that probably have some songs that stream more than his. But the genre bending and the versatility, the instrumentals, the fascination with other genres, including in the country music. And he does it in not only a mainstream way, but also does it in a very um, enjoyable way that can at least appease the hardcore country fans. And appease the ones who aren't. And what people like Sam Hunt. Does the country. Is when his first album dropped in 2014. For people that don't know. His first like studio album. Montevallo. Is it was groundbreaking. It came out of the gate swinging. It did not uh, take its time. Um, Let's just say it just blew up like a house party. And. It was uh, for the ladies who were single for the summer. And uh, then he made like a Love R&B, the track to end the album called Speakers. Probably one of my favorite songs ever. Makes you want to have sex in the woods. Which um, just hopefully, you know, you don't get a a police report. Because that would not look good in a police report if you listen to the song. hopefully a cop car pulls you over. Alright, I'm going to stop with the puns and get back to the story. Anyways, so... Oh, fuck. Fuck you, Clint. Um... I think it's very important to have those figures that have those... Um... Musicians in the genre that... That... Uh, basically combine... R&B... Uh, that combines trap beats in a sense, combines instrumentals that would be associated with R&B and hip-hop in the country and dabble in it in some way because you are going to, by default, you are going to expand the genre. And when you expand the genre, that's more revenue and more money for everyone else in the genre because of the collaboration effect. The growth of the genre, especially in the streaming, you're going to get people, oh, I like that Sam Hunt. And then you, like, start listening to artists related on Spotify. Then you listen to Playlist. And then, oh, these other songs stream. Hmm, I like this. I like my daily mix. I like this country, like, kind of like with rap caviar. They'll have, like, hot country, right? They'll have hot Nashville. they have chill on the back road where it's just current country artists with the artists that relate to whatever. And... To have people, Sam Hunt got me in the country, then I started listening to Thomas Rett's. Um, I started listening to, um, like, Jesus, I'm drawing fucking blanks. But, I started to get into more country. Like, Luke Bryan, for example. Started listening to more Luke Bryan. I know these are, like, the big, big country artists. Um, Morgan Wallen, you know, that's more of a recent thing, and we all know his shit, you yeah. know. Um, the Jason Aldeans, the, you know, just think about, and then you get into Little Big Town, you get into all these different Dustin Lynches of the world, um, you get into the Luke Combs, you get, you get into all the country artists that any people that listen to quote unquote country today, the Riley Greens now, and I'm starting to get into that safe area where it's like, Okay. I'm feeling the R&B rhythm. This reminds me of, you could feel the crooner. Now I'm starting to get more down in the weeds, like a little bit like oh, the current country pioneers, like the modern recent artists, but they to the country roots, like the Riley Greens, like the um, like the Dirks Bentley to an extent. You know, um, there's just a lot of. There's a lot of different genre bending. And I think it's very important because that's how you grow the genre. And I think Drake was kind of like that for hip-hop. I I did not listen to much hip-hop growing up. But listen to Drake music like, oh, I like this. Hmm, This just feels like it's talking over a beat. I could talk over a beat. Even though that's not really what he's doing. But, you know, it has that casual flow. Some people say Sam Hunt. With this style of music like drinking too much is uh, very much like, you know, some of that somber Drake type of music. And there's some parallels there, believe it or not. Um, but one issue is, when does, and this is covered on, like I would recommend you guys go listen to Grady Smith. He's He actually has a country channel. Um, where he basically covers you know weekly country music content and music and stuff like that. It's actually one of my favorite. It's one of those. Cha- it's also one of those channels that actually made me learn more and be interested in more artists. Like he'll I do an album review like this one's really good and he's even critical of some of my favorite artists. But he obviously has a pulse and knows what he's talking about. So I still respect it. Um, he actually made me start hitting fucking like. So there's this thing going on in country music. It was always weird to me, but they have the snap tracks things, like uh, and Dustin Lynch's like whole like previous two albums. It was just nothing but snap tracks, like in the back, and he was critical of the lyrics, and snap tracks all around country music. Modernly, it's basically like a metronome to keep thought, to keep the casual consumer engaged and. Get in the rhythm of it, which is probably more criticism of some of the lyric writing. It's not captivating, so you have to get on with catchy beats and stuff, whatever. But he actually made me like. I used to like, like you know, I still like, but like Dustin Lynch, for example, he pointed him out like a good girl, a uh, small town boy, and it's just be these heavy snap tracks. I know some before, but then after listening to his, watching his show. And then I would listen to songs in my car, and it just like it would agitate me because I'm like, man, I can't even enjoy this song no more. Because it got me distracted, it makes me feel like I'm this isn't even a guilty pleasure. This is like I should be ashamed. And a lot of people wouldn't call it country music, but you know, to each their own, without the people that are willing to put themselves on the forefront and try some to bring. An audience over there that wasn't there before. It's the same like with Drake with hip-hop. I'm into these genres. And I listen to so many other artists now. Because of these two that cross-genred. And too like took it to another level. There's always been people pushing the envelope. Drake's not the first one to do R&B and rap. And do his type of music. Where it's very emotional, deep, and sad. And playerish And contradicting as Sam Hunt. Is the same way. And it's very captivating. To just a casual listener. And then you become a hardcore listener. And then you become hardcore into the genre. That you start expanding. Like I'm going to listen to more shit like this. And you start listening to more artists in that genre. That's kind of in that similar level and field. And then you start getting indoctrinated. Then it becomes a casual and, uh, and a consistent thing you do. So, but there is a fair question. Is too much... Is too much genre bending and too much combination of genres? Is it diluting to even have genres? Because what if they just took genres? What if they just took that name out of awards, right? Let's say let's say for Grammys and all that shit, even though for the, you know, consumer, it doesn't really fucking matter. But for these artists, it matters. Because, you know, if it's just if it's just the top five songs in the world win one reward then it's just gonna be pop because pop is so combination of so many things and it it has a much higher variance from the youth youth and the oldest of old so by default that they're, they're gonna win every reward so it's very important to have genres to give credit to the genres right But then when you have artists that are classified in a specific genre, but then they may start winning awards for songs or for albums that wouldn't be considered the traditional sense of the genre that they're winning it for. And I think that's where the genre aspect does matter. But maybe should there just be more revolutionary talk of what entails in the genre? What instruments can apply to a genre? What can't? Maybe there should be more specific touching. Because as of right now, it's just a feeling, word of mouth, and what we're used to, what we classify with the genre. Because what if you have all the right instrumentals for bluegrass? But then the way the lyrics come out, the flow, the cadence, it's completely a whole different genre. Let's just say R&B. Let's say it's an R&B usher type of flow. Is it bluegrass? Or is it R&B disguised in a bluegrass instrumental? You know, that's where that shit gets tricky. I don't know. I'm not a music expert, so I'm not even going to pretend to know what that means. But that's how much it's like we're having different flows of lyricism behind different instrumentals. And that's where this stuff gets confusing. In my opinion, though, um, one thing is that I feel like the reason why people are so butthurt about making sure genres stay their genres Is because I feel like a lot of people generally they just want things spoon fed to them And to have the thought process taken out And not actually just listen to some be like I can enjoy this And understand that it's not uh That it's not quote unquote the genre classifies that like if people just took the ability to if people just took their you know ability to compartmentalize what genre they feel they should be listened to when they listen to a song and just listen to the song and you may fucking like it, and that's okay that's more than okay, but it's important to have these artists. That dabble in it and do it the right way If done wrong Then the song is bad The whole thing is just bad That's why typically artists When they when they are known for that And they are known for genre bending The album is either Legendary, a classic, really fucking good Or it's Bad Because when done wrong It's all wrong You know not to put shade on anyone But I tried listening to Billy Kerrington recently, and he has a lot of songs I like. He's a song called Good Directions, Do I Make You Wanna See It in the Neon Lights. He's like one of my, he's one of the most underrated, I would say, country artists of the past 15 years, and he recently put out an album called Intuition. I'm not gonna like shit on the album, but I listened to the first three songs it was unrecognizable. It seemed like it was doing too much. And it didn't even sound like he was even trying to mold different genres. It just sounded like a EDM, over-the-top, overproduced, produced And you can't even appreciate the dude's voice. And the lyrics are kind of bland. And it's just like, what what's going on here? That's where maybe... Too much genre bending could go wrong. Because if you give people too much variance and what they can do, they're gonna experiment too much. And then they may end up down a rabbit hole path that they just don't want to be stuck in a single. They don't they don't want to be stuck in a, you know, a box. And I think like Thomas Rhett is a great example of that, you know. Thomas Rhett for, you know, he's always been kind of on the pop, the pop country type of thing, he's one of those, he did it such a certain way, where it was a good balance, where it was respectable, you could still, even the hardcore country fans would respect him as a country artist, but he could also do the mainstream stuff, like the Tangled Up album, the uh fucking, um the Marry Me album, I can't remember the name, but that's one of the albums I used to get on CD, and... Um, oh, Life Changes. Like, that album, that whole... It was very poppy, right? But, pretty good album. And then, this last album he did... It was basically going back to the basics. Like, he wanted... I think he was starting to get to that point in his career where... He wanted to be classified as country. Like, not that that's all he is. It's not that he's a of past where he's like... Literally, the song is... Lilou has a song, man, it feels good to be country again. And it was a very country ballad. Now, there's still a few that some hardcore aficionados would say was still pop country and all that, and that's fine. But the theme, the lyricism, the stuff he's talking about, it's very southern country, Georgia roots type of thing, right? And he... Like, this whole album is very stripped down. It's very traditional. Traditional country is probably the better word. You know, traditional country in the modern sense, still. You know. And then he came out with a single recently. Uh, It was something about, red. I think the song's like, Redneck Be Like. And then it sounds nothing like a song that you would think Redneck Be Like would sound like. And he made a TikTok dance about it. And he made TikTok dance for fun, harmless. But then, so people like, oh, so the whole album thing, people like, man, you know, maybe it's Thomas Rhett starting to go more traditional route. And then all of a sudden, then he does this poppy Walker Hayes type of thing. And that seemed, oh, it's like, oh, you didn't just like, you know, dabble in something for fun, take a step back. Like you went way more for radical poppy. Than anything you've done before And it just seemed kind of cheesy and corny But it's just light hearted fun right But It's very important to have the top People in a genre To be able to be versatile And Chris Young is a great example right Chris Young you know um, You know he has Song like. I'm coming over. Think of you, and you know this is probably his biggest hits. You know they have they're very up. You know they're pretty. I would say modern traditional country. They're very upbeat, poppy, featured with a female artist, and you know they're good songs. They're modern country single hits type of thing. And people are like oh. He criticized, like, oh, well, how come you don't do the old traditional? Because he has such a deep voice. It would be, like, perfect for, like, early 2000s, late 1990s country. Whereas that deep voice, you could hear him just talk about peanut fields and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I did that stuff for, like, 9 or 10 years. And no one really cared to, like, buy my records. And all of a sudden, I started, like adjusting to the time, studying the genre, studying uh, Nashville, studying music, and then you know, I started doing a little bit different stuff, expanding it and then that's when my career actually started to have stability and took off, and how can you be mad at that? Dude's trying to make a living in music, he tried to do his old country roots, the one that he broke into country music doing, but it was stale for a consumer, and it was not selling. So who are we really mad at? The music wouldn't be the way it is if people didn't buy it and eat that shit up. You know? But it's important. <clears throat> <clears throat> but the classification of genres itself. Is it important? Of course it is. It's important when you start talking about awards, um, charts and stuff like that cuz then cuz for the longest time even when Taylor Swift publicly like said, look, my next album is not country. Like this is pop. She did the respectful thing like she didn't try to disguise it as a country album. She's like, "No, I'm going in the pop direction. I'm leaving country music and going pop." But if she didn't make that classification and clarification And go through the marketing And the rollout Where she's changing her hair Changing her whole style of music and everything If she didn't do that And she was just put out a pop album But we still look at her As a country artist Because that's what you associate with Taylor Swift In you know, 2009, 2010, 2011 And If she just came out with, I I can't remember the very first pop album she did, it was either, I I think it was the Blank Space, may have been one before that, but you know, the Red, the Blank Space albums, all the albums she's been out with recently. And if she didn't make that public announcement, they would have just probably put her music on the country charts just because of the name of the artist at the time. And even her old like even like the love stories the oh, damn I'm starting to sound like a Taylor Swift fangirl here Taylor But even like the love stories the Romeo say me somewhere we can be alone And you know the Drew looked at me He don't see what she can see and, uh, you know, even though I wouldn't, eat, like, it was country, but it was still that pop country mold, right? She kind of made that a little bit big, but she could play, like, acoustic guitar, kind of, like, she was still, like, you would look her as, like, a country artist who could play country, but she's putting out teen pop country and appeals to that, right? So... And they're like, oh, when she gets older, she'll grow into a more mature country female artist, you know, like a Miranda Lambert, like a, she, like a current day, probably more popular Cassidy Pope, you know, type of thing. But then she's like, nah, I'm going pop, like full invested, like literally changed her image, changed her music, like let no bones, didn't even leave any. Possible impression like I may you know play a little of this and play like nah nah we're on all in on this shit And That classification she did was very important because If she would have had all these pop hits They would have streamed well not streamed but her albums would have been bought like it's popping everything but then she's gonna be winning female artists female country artists of the year at these awards And everyone, including her, knows it's not country. You know, like, it's not even remotely even trying to pretend or resemble country music. That's one of those things where, like, I, you know, I used to be one of those who fucking cares about the genre thing. And I still kind of, like, I'm still, like, half and half, like, I get it, but I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world to classify every little thing. Like, it's a freaking, you know, pennant square you know, type of thing, but I think as, you know, as, like, get older and listen more music, one thing that, oh man, like, it, it's, I hate when there's too much going on in a, in a, in a song, or there's too much that an artist is doing, personally, I'm not gonna say names or nothing, but, like, the, like, it'll be something like, oh, this is bopping, I wouldn't really call it country, but, you know, there's a nice rhythm and flow, but they're doing a little nice, like, cool wordplay and shit. And there's some stuff where it's like, bro, like... They're not even, like... Like, this is even... Like, this seems lazy. It seems like they made the whole instrumental on a computer and all this stuff. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom EDM and all this shit. And it's like, alright. That's fine, but let's not call this... Let's not... Compare this to a even you know a modern day like you know Brad Paisley or something like that you know and or like a Kenny Chesney like and you know the Kenny Chesney's Keith Urban Keith Urban is probably the greatest example of someone who even though I don't really listen to Keith Urban music like that but I've heard some of his older music he used to be like one of the bigger country stars and now it seems more like he's known and associated with country, but he you know, he still he basically puts out pop pop albums with a little country voice and everything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, but the stuff he's talking about is not even quote unquote considered country. And I'm not a country like expert or aficionado. But I'm just going off based off what used to be considered country, what's now. It's something I used to be on like, hey, so there's the argument to be made, like I said, that it's important that there's a crossover potential where country music went from this niche, and I'm not even going to say predominantly, I would say country was more predominantly regional than it was race type of thing, which chances are for the longest time country music was probably predominantly white. Not even performance, but just of a listener and consumer. It's probably just a predominant white audience. I'm pretty sure now, it's a lot closer. You know, it's probably a little bit more even out. And where hip-hop and rap, you know, white people have always been listening to hip-hop and rap. You know, it's kind of one of those things that kind of probably, honestly, unified black and white people, even... When things were a lot shaky in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Music was one of those things that could unionize people in concerts. Unionize people in school. It's like a starting point where complete strangers like third grade kids. Can connect on something and talk about something. So it could be one of those great unionizers. And also if used incorrectly be one of the greatest dividers. But for the most part. Music unionizes races and people. But... What was I going with that? Um, wow. I can't believe... I plan on just riffing this pod, but somehow I started actually talking about genre. Because I had a whole conversation with someone, and it was actually quite fascinating. But... He was explaining to me, but like, going back to what he said 27 minutes later after mentioning him. What he was saying is, um... The thing about genres that you got to understand, right, is that if you go from genres, if you just take a genre and listen to a song today that was put out this year in that genre from the biggest artists or top 10 biggest artists, the same genre, listen to a big artist from the 70s and 80s. It's night and day. For good, because genres progress, right? Genres have to progress, or otherwise they're always gonna be there's never gonna be a growth or potential in earnings, right? That's not his words, but my interpretation of what I took from that is if there's never growth or push in the envelope, genres become stale. As genres become stale. You don't have a growth in audience. If you don't have a growth in audience. Then there's not really much of a living. For artists to actually make money. To make a living per se. I think the biggest thing though. That I think. Where a criticism of artists. And probably record labels. If you go deep in the weeds. But I'm not going to pretend to know everything about record labels. But. But. I would say there probably just needs to be more transparency of what we are being sold or listened to. Sometimes there's a lot of delusion. There's a lot of, you know, um, saying it without saying it. There's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of um, click and bait. There's a lot of switch and bait type of things where we're going to get you. We're going to title an album called getting back to my roots and the first track will be a nice little acoustic opening and the second track it's like boom! Poof, poof, poof. it's just a big old trap beat with a few little guitars and then it's like oh and even though it doesn't bother me particularly but if I was someone that was excited for this person to go with a specific type of music and that's when being sold and all of a sudden half the album is not that Then you're going to feel duped. You're going to feel like there's a lack of trust and everything. But let's get back to the genre aspect. Here's what I'll say about it, right? Obviously, as I mentioned before... The clarification in genres is very important. But also don't feel like it needs to be spoon-fed to everyone. Like... If you have to be told... By whatever it says on the label of the song... If you have to be spoon fed of. What sounds like country and what doesn't. Like I can't really like. It's like at some point it's like. What are you even really mad about. Like if you care so much about genre specification. There should be you listen to an artists. And the second you hear. Any type of something that you don't like. Then just don't listen to it. You know. And I know this sounds like a brash. Or it sounds like. A very. um, inconcise way to find out. um, What's really going on. Because. But it's really one of those things. It's like. I don't understand. What's with all the. Necessary evils. With all this stuff. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of let me try to shape this because I know that I'm starting to confuse myself a little bit. I know what I'm trying to say, but I need to, you know, uh be a little bit more clear, Clint. Um The genre bending aspect is vital for survival in a genre. It really is. If there wasn't a progression, if there wasn't a change in genres, in music, then like I said before, that genre would be a standstill. I think the reason why it comes up most in country, like R and B, doesn't care if there's a rock added to it. Hip hop does not care if there's like bluegrass added to it. No one's gonna be like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" This is gonna be like, hmm, "Let's see how this fits together." For some reason with country music specifically, it's this weird, we gotta hold on to what is. We can't. Because it's like this niche. It's like you you don't want to let anyone else in this niche. Sounds a little racist, but you don't want to let anyone else in this very specific niche. Because once this genre, it's like because the purity of this genre is supposed to be simplicity. And once you take the simplicity out of the genre, you take the core of what country music is supposed to be about, which is three chords and the truth. It's supposed to be about the simplicity. It's supposed to be a lot of references to Southern living or the open country living. It's supposed to be to, you know, very basic living. When you start complicating, like you don't hear, you don't, you hear References in country songs about referring to a girl Living in the city life But they're always going to want an at home grown type of girl Like traditional country girl Traditional small town girl That's why in a lot of country songs it references small towns It references uh, home girls The girls in high school Like all that shit And that's probably like when you look at the southern way of living Most people I think it's like Most people live within 10 miles of where their parents live or where they went to high school. That's more of just a southern type of living, a country type of living. Because it's all about keeping in the family. And it's not about not branching out because you're not smart. It's about keeping in the family and making sure that everyone's protected. Where if you go out on your own, you're kind of on your own. Which is more of a city type of living expand, try stuff new settle living is about security, honest work type of thing you know that's kind of like the traditional values and when you start making simplicity less simplicity, it makes simplicity it makes simple minded type of living people. it makes it something they can't relate to. So that like that's my personal theory. And I think when that's like kind of getting tacked and it's already being commercialized, it's already being taken over, it's already being changed and manipulated when no one asked it to. Like, listen to all right, like, you know, I know I mentioned Billy Currington earlier. Listen to Good Directions by Billy Currington, which I believe came out like 05, 06, mid 2000s type of thing. Or listen to any album, like, listen to that song and listen to a song from the Intuition album. Granted, it's a year gap, people change the music type of change, but what they probably also realize, if he were to drop the song Good Directions in 2021, like, fresh in 2021, like... You know, the theory is, will hits always be hits no matter when you drop them in history? No. Um, There's certain things where it will transcend and over time it will always take over. But timing matters so fucking much when you drop something. There's a certain status you have to be at to drop certain things. There's certain levels you have to be at, there's a certain relationship with your audience you have to get to to be able to start experimenting and dropping things like there are like you can't just drop anything at any time. you can't drop something in two thousand five and then play a hypothetical world where well, if I held that song and didn't drop it until twenty eighteen, it would have the same success and the reality is is maybe. But maybe not. And probability, probably not. Because you could tell when songs sound outdated, the type of instrumentals you use, the type of flow and cadence, you know, has it been played out? Is it even feasible to a consumer's attention span to be able to listen to a song? That's why a lot of songs now they are trying to make in hip-hop and stuff three minutes or less. But you know who doesn't care how long songs are? The people at the top of the game. The Drake's, J. Cole's, and Kendrick's. If they put out a 28-minute song, guess what? You are going to sit there and listen to that shit for 28 minutes. But when you don't have stakes yet, when you don't, when you haven't made your name, when you haven't made an established, when you're not touring and making millions a year yet, it's really hard to convince someone introduced to your music to listen to a five-minute song at that. You know, four minutes you're pushing. it. It better be a good song if it's four minutes. Three minutes is kind of your range to get someone's attention, but really like two minutes and 45 seconds, I think it is. That's why you'll see a lot of artists that you may think are good, but they may have like, let's say, you know, less than a million streams on Spotify, right? And they're just, you know, they have one hit and then a bunch of others that are like 100,000, 200,000 streams. Those people, if they were to put out an 18-minute song, if they were to put out a 7-minute song, people may not even listen to it. Drake puts out a 7-minute song, you get Pound Cake. One of the greatest, considered one of the greatest instrumentals possibly in hip-hop history. Damn, I'm actually on a roll right now. Woo! It's like, this is, I know, but like, R. Kelly in his less pedophilia known range prime when he had 8 minute sex songs essentially when he had trapped in trapped in the freaking closet where it's basically a whole mini film and listen to audio and you have to listen to an hour long of this one story like that's why like albums like I think one of the theories why Drake's Um, Scorpion album, one of the things that I think really didn't resonate, like it wasn't one of his best albums, and me and my friend definitely don't think that's his best work, combination of it's too damn long for a lot of throwaway songs, and there's a lot of like throwaways, like Can't Take a Joke, Um, Sandra's Rose was okay, but you know, there's probably like minimum six songs you could take off that album, and it'd be just as potent and respected. But, you know, he's trying some new A and B side. And there's some things on each side that, like, yeah, you know, Like, I could go without Ratchet Happy Birthday off the top of my head, I'm thinking. You know, I could go without, Um, um you know, there's just a few songs i go without. But, like, finesse is eh. You know, whatever. You know, whatever your personal preference is. But the point is, um, Summer Games is actually okay. It's one of those things I didn't think I like at first, but it's kind of age-well. Jaded, really fucking good. That's probably one of my favorite songs on the whole album, besides some of his deep rap cuts. But yeah, the thing about it that's very... And the thing about like that is... Drake could do that and still get away with it, even if you're not a big fan of it. Because guess what? When he drops his next album, we're all going to be right here waiting for it. Like, he has gained enough respect and due with his whole audience and the whole world that they're going to listen when he drops. He would have to put out four straight shitty albums for people to be like, eh, we're good now. And going back to Sam Hunt, he dropped one album in 2014, didn't drop another one until 2020. He has two albums to his name. But he may be the. Top two or three biggest country star. In the world. Whether you want to call him country or whatever. he's Associated with country because of the stuff he talks about. Um, and he can do country. Like pure traditional country. You know that's where his thing is like. Does your circumstances. And who you are as a person. Make you the artist you are the genre you're in or is it the very specific of how your music sounds from instrumental from a vocal a cadence standpoint or is it what you're talking about is more along with your genre that's an interesting question i felt like that that's a whole nother conversation for another but i want to again wow i actually had a topic for this one it's amazing what uh Your sponsor for today's episode Ghost This is my second one in the past couple hours I think I should do two more often But yeah Here's where I'll wrap it all I know I've said wrapped up like five times Because I thought I would be done after 20-30 minutes But I was like fuck it let's keep it going Here's, I think, my conclusion on um, genre bending, the combination of genres and music. I think, you know, we should let artists do what they want to do and give them a chance to do it, but you don't have to receive it well, and guess what? If a bunch of people don't receive it well, then they're going to start... Doing, going to more different stuff. Or trying different stuff. They realize it's not working. You know. Here's what I'll say. Genre. I guess the question is. Is genre distinction important? Yes. But is genre. Dictatorship. Important. I think that's where it's like. No, not that important. For certain things, yes. But just for if you're just listening to music. If you don't like the way... If you listen to a couple songs from artists and they sound all similar and it's not your type. Then just don't listen to it. At a certain point. If you could tell that's the current type of mode they're on. You know... Yeah. Genre distinction. It's distinction really defines however you want to define it as like the it's funny how really the only thing that we dictate a genre is a genre is based off past music that we have listened to in that genre and what we feel like hmm this sounds like a dixie chick song hmm uh, this sounds like a, you know, old George Strait song. This sounds like Trace Atkins. This sounds like Garth Brooks. This at least sounds like something that if they were to play in a room, they would nod their head to. And same with hip-hop. There, you know, there are artists where, like, if they were in the same room as jay Z they're the same room same room as Nas, if they were in the same room as you know uh you know Rakim as a Rakim or Rakim they're in the you know ghost face killer like if they were in the rooms with these guys or fifty cent to a different extent but if they were in the rooms with these guys, these guys would at the very least have respect for them and nod their head. Like, okay. But, like, if Takashi69 starts going there, like, listen to this shit, they're going to be like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. With your music. Get out of here with that shit. But, you know, they're not going to be down, oh, man. Like, if you listen to. Nah, I'm not going to go down that road because then I would have to actually give supporting evidence and I'm not a hip-hop like professional. I'm not a hip-hop historian. I think those are the people that are much more versed in that. I'm not really a music historian in any facet, but I've listened to older music and I can identify when I listen to new music like, wow, this sounds completely off the wall and it's naive and enjoyable. It's like the same way with... When people are trying to do too many genres and something, to me personally, that's when it kind of turns me off. When it's doing too much happen i like, okay, this, is ge- this song is generally associated with this genre. But I can see, I can hear these other things going on that complement it well, and I'm like, cool. Sometimes it's really cool. But, you know... When you, what I will say I start noticing like country music and hip hop is you hear a lot of across the board in the genre is you hear a lot of the same instrumentals, you hear a lot of the same flows, you hear a lot of the same cadences. And the reality is there's only so many of those you can really do. Like how many new flows can be created? How many new cadences can be created? It's, you know, there's only so many different things you can do. So reality is, we just have had so much music in history now, so much recorded music, so much recorded history, and we've all listened and listened. These artists have listened and listened. They may not even realize that they're doing similar things and similar, and. but that's just what they know. That's just what they have mentally wired from 30, 40 years of listening to whatever music. I think reality is, the issues is we have just had too much fucking music. It's been too abundant. It's been too available. And now, more than ever, at least back in the day, like 10 years ago. You could only listen to so much music. We would just listen to the same music over and over on our CDs and whatever is played on radio. Nowadays, there's so much access to different music that we literally hear everything. And those people hear everything, they make music that sounds like everything. And it creates this regurgitation where everything literally sounds like everything. Like, the and that's where it's like, the genre distinction, it's by default, I think sooner or later... Country's not gonna, there's not gonna be any country that sounds like country. There's not gonna be any rock that sounds like rock. There's not gonna be any rap that sounds like rap. Any R&B that sounds like pure R&B. It's all just gonna sound all the same. And it's already starting to get into this big wonder ball. Where you pull a rubber band to whatever to complement your music. And then you pull another one. Next thing you know, you pull so many rubber bands that you've constricted the original ball that was at the beginning with, which was your prime genre. And now I think they start having, the artist starts having self-identity issues, and then a consumer has identity issues with the lack of self-identity. Wow. This is actually no jokes in this podcast. I'm actually being serious here. But yeah, genre-bending. It's a... it's something that, if, like anything, if it's done incorrectly, it is so clear and it makes you really question, it really starts making you ask those questions like, have we let this go too much? Because people have been rewarded for bending it too much. Like, is that a real thing? But if done right, it can create some of the greatest revolutionary music that's probably ever happened. So... If done right, it's great. If done wrong, it is awful, and it makes you really question even more. So, yeah. All right, I think I'm. Gonna, I think I'm gonna stop it there. You know, I think that was a really, really good 50 minutes. Probably the, I'm not gonna lie. Probably the best front, from beginning to end, pure topical conversation I've done. Genre bending between country music, specifically a focus on country, but a little hip hop, basically Drake and Sam Hunt, they made crossover possible. I mean, people have crossover with other artists as well, but I really think Drake at the level he's at and Sam Hunt at how much he changed um, the sound of country music. And now it's a lot of people trying to do his spoken word, trying to do his cadences. And some of them do it okay, but there's an authenticity that comes from him. And you actually feel like he's doing a lot of these R&B type of things, and essentially. Incorporating the country, but it feels original and genuine. And he's still keeping what he's talking about the same way. So I think he still does it best. A little bias here. I think Drake is just so fucking big. And honestly, he has probably made it where white people and like, yeah, let's just say what it is. Drake has probably made it where it's easier for white people to cross over, you know, for obvious reasons. Because, you know, we've seen him on TV on a predominantly white TV show, Degrassi. You know, when you don't look at Drake as this intimidating person, he seems like a polite individual. You know, and he's emotional in his music. He's, you know, crying over girls, type of thing. Not like literally crying, like older music, it's always like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's younger, younger dudes, whatever. But yeah. All right, guys. That was episode 45 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint. And that was a great episode. I was grateful to be your host today. Remember to like and subscribe to the vid. Follow the IG. Wow, I am wired. Without drugs, even though this is probably worse. It's actually starting to fuck on my throat a little bit. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Um, Remember this sucks some titties. And uh, genre is just genre. Don't overthink it. Alright guys. Have a great day whenever I post this.